Well, welcome to Talking Heads. Uh, I'm Chip Franklin, joined, of course, by uh, Andy Zamedides, again, who is the executive director of the Hellenic American Leadership Council. T. Payne, who is one of the top influencers in the world and a fashion icon in every possible way you can be. I'm Chip Franklin, and, and it's great to have you here. Um, I, let's get right into it and, and bring in our guest, who is a former assistant director of the FBI. Uh, he's also a best-selling author of a great book I've read. It's called The FBI Way. And uh, and Frank Figlusi is with us here. Frank, thank you so much for being here. It's good to see you. You look well. It's um, crazy times. As they say, it's better to look good than to feel good. But thank you for <laughs> uh, And you look marvelous. Uh, <laughs> you do. Uh, let's let's just dive right into this, okay? Um, obviously, the uh, what's going on in um, in Ukraine, and uh, the, for those of us that grew up in the '80s, '70s, and '80s, and used to worry about nuclear war with Russia. We were all, uh, you know, again, joyed by what happened in 1989 and felt that maybe, you know, a, a new world order might be established. It's unfortunately it hasn't. Um, we're on a level of DEFCON one to five. Uh, where is the FBI right, FBI right now? And, and, and how do you feel? How worried are you? So look, we've got, uh, they're at a four, they're at a four to four plus on any given day, they're at a three plus. Um, but let's talk, let's go quickly around the globe and talk about the, the domestic and global threats that the FBI all has to, has to deal with. We, you mentioned Ukraine and Russia. Don't forget the Russian intelligence presence inside the United States has essentially not changed since the so-called end of the Cold War. So there are still spies here. They're busy recruiting those Russians. You've heard news reports of that. They're, they're actually messaging devices in and around diplomatic establishments, telling Russians, here's how you can contact us, because essentially the Russians are not letting them out of the embassies and consulates because they're scared of recruitment. They've PNG declared persona non grata, 12 Russian spies out of the United Nations. This is going around on around the world. Then we've got the threat of a growing Al-Qaeda slash ISIS since we pulled out of Afghanistan. Now we have Russians threatening all kinds of crap, even here domestically. Now let's go to the domestic threat, which now exceeds the threat of international terrorism and the January 6th investigation, which I'm still told, Chip, is all hands on deck in virtually every single field office in the FBI. It's no longer just about that 800 some odd people indicted going to trial for, for violence in and around the building. But now it's quite clear with a grand jury sitting in Washington, D.C. on on January 6th that and subpoenaing some really interesting people like Ali Alexander, um, that this is getting extremely serious. So it is all hands on deck, probably uh, exceeding the level post 9-11 right now in the FBI. So, Frank, since you talk about 9-11, and one of the problems in the 9-11 report, we saw that our intelligence community was not necessarily communicating with the FBI, right? So how is the information sharing going on? Because there is quite a, a bit of overlap with domestic threats and these international threats. And we know, we know from having watched the Russians in the Balkans, in Europe, that they know how to take advantage of chaos. And that's what we have right now. It, are, are the CIA and FBI finally talking? Is there a, a solid uh, flow of information here? Or are we going to be caught flat-footed? I, I love this question because, you know, history tends to repeat itself. So 
I was one of the few people early while I was in the FBI, right after 9-11, I'll never forget a meeting of all office uh, heads, all the special agents in charge of field offices and, and a high ranking guy in charge of terrorism comes into the room and says, and he's going to, I know he's going to take the position that we did not fail in 9-11, that, that this, this had to happen. We didn't know exactly what was happening. And he said, who in this room thinks it's a, this was a failure? And, he, and, and two, only two of us raised our hands. And I was one of them. Because of course it's a failure if your mission is to stop terrorism and we had a major act of terrorism yeah i call that a failure and i call january 6 a failure for this for similar reasons dots were not connected the dots were clearly there and not connected so now I, I, the question the reason i love the question you're asking is you used the phrase overlap the foreign threat with the domestic threat Who's connecting the dots now? And people might look at the domestic threat and go, well, CIA doesn't have to help the FBI on a domestic threat. What, what dots are there overseas to connect? And, and I'm here to tell you that Russia and China, but particularly now Russia, are absolutely now part of the domestic threat. By that, I mean the propaganda, the social media, the hacking that's going on. We didn't even touch on the cyber threat, my friends, which which really we've not we've not seen manifest itself yet yeah. in the Russia threat, but it is coming. They've already stated they're thinking of. So do you think in the January 6th investigation, we're going to find out about any Russian involvement? I think we're going to find foreign money. I think we're going to find foreign money involved. I don't know if particularly if that's Russia. How, how, how would it have been involved? Um, well, I've, I've got sources telling me that a, that a significant portion of the FBI's investigation of January 6 involves the possibility of foreign funding of certain domestic groups, travel, um, social media aspects of building the threat, build, having people feel energized that the, the, they lost, that the election was stolen from them, that we're going to see the likely possibility of foreign funding of energizing that crowd and even funding travel and money uh, and materiel for January 6th. T, I know you got a question real quick. Yeah, brother Frank. Uh, Let me follow up real quick on that. Do, do you believe that story that uh, it's possible that National Guard actually were slow to respond because they were afraid that Trump might use them to try to take the Capitol? Have you heard that story? Yeah, I've read it. I've read the reporting. At this point, Chip, nothing would surprise me. We already know that about 13% of all of those 800 arrested uh, have military or law enforcement connections, active or former. And so the idea that the National Guard would somehow be immune or some kind of island unto itself and not be radicalized, uh, I think would be foolish. I think it would be foolish. Well, Brother Frank, uh, Chip kind of stepped on where T-Pain's question was going, but uh, got another one for you. And uh, first of all, T-Pain's a little bit starstruck because whenever he's over at the skid mark and you're on TV, he has to buy a round of drinks so everybody will be quiet so we can listen. <laughs> but I've got to get over to the skid mark. Yeah, <laughs> me too, right? <laughs> but as, as a lawman with the FBI, I'm for all those years, you you applied the law with impartiality. And, and as an analyst on TV, I'm sure you carefully measure your responses, but you're like a really good guitar amp right now. You're cranked up to right about eight or nine when it's in the sweet spot. So T-Pain wants to hear from you how you feel as a fellow that used to chase bad guys for a living. And as American, as a man, how do you feel about a sitting president and members of Congress launching an open, violent insurrection against our own country? I never, 
I, I never thought I'd see it. And I, I'm, I like the way you led into this question because repeatedly I'm, I'm, people come up to me and, and assume certain things about me politically um, that aren't necessarily accurate. They assume that because I'm on MSNBC, I, I'm coming from some far left ideology. And what I, what I tell people is this, I want you to know something. I, I never even followed politics closely for 25 years in the FBI because that's not what we were about. What I'm trained to do is identify threats, national security threats, and then take steps to mitigate them. I don't come down on any political side of the aisle. What I come down on is I'm against national security threats, and I'll do everything in my power to negate them, to defeat them. And right now, without a doubt, I see the people behind January 6th, Trump and his followers, Republicans who refuse to move away from Trump and conspiracy theories and the big lie, I see them as this is far greater than some political party. I see them as a national security threat to our democracy. Just like I'm a believer in defeating Putin overseas because he is threatening not just Ukraine, but democracy writ large. And if we fail to see that, we're failing to see the big picture. I feel the same way, T-Pain, domestically. If we fail to see this for what it is, a national security threat and vote those people out of office and take take action for accountability, then shame on us because we're slowly and increasingly rapidly losing our democracy. So, Frank, if this was church, it'd be time to pass the plate right now. <laughs> but, 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 Frank, how, how do we rebuild? You know, your, your institution, you you served in, in law enforcement, in which is in furtherance of the rule of law. The rule of law is being undermined across the board. Uh, and, and both sides, by the way. FBI was politicized in 2016, then 2017, then 2018. It's politicized today. Uh, no matter which side of the aisle, we don't like the court's decision. And it's not only Supreme Courts, it's local courts. We politicize the courts. Uh, today, people are just defying, you know, and it makes sense that Steven Seagal is a pro-Putin because everybody is thinks they're above the law, uh, like in in the movie. Uh, but not only at this this FBI level on January six. Today we had a report in Chicago that that, that people are just walking up and down the, the the public transportation, spitting on people, and people are not taking public transportation now as a result. How do we restore this faith that the rule of law is being carried out correctly? Because it's not, I, I, I don't think it's going to be simply as getting more prosecutions. How do we get citizens to say, I have to obey the law? It takes years to remake and restore what what you have rightly said has been eroded in our institutions. You, you've you know you've only alluded to some of the institutions. Let's talk about the Centers for Disease Control. You, you talk about people spitting on in the Chicago mass transit doctors at the Centers for Disease Control who simply come to work every day trying to heal people um, have now they need security details. Their families are being threatened. Our DOJ, no, as you said, from both sides of the aisle, no one thinks, you know, Merrick Garland's an enemy or Merrick Garland isn't doing anything or he's doing too much. Um, Supreme Court now, we don't believe in their decisions. We've had a federal judge appointed by Trump in Florida say we don't, the, the, the federal government, I don't care where you came down, come down on masks, 
But what this federal judge has said, who is deemed unqualified by the Bar Association, right. yeah. uh, what, what she has said is way bigger than mask issues. It's the federal government doesn't have the authority to intervene in a deadly pandemic, is what she's saying. We, we are upside down right now. And it's going to take a slow, deliberate period of accountability and consequences Right. That's the first thing. So people need to think again if they're about to do something like this again. The 800 people that are going to be sentenced in the January 6th violence, they that sends a message. Yeah, I really don't think I want to do some prison time next time. It's got to happen at the higher levels as well. That's why I support. I am I'm not one of these people who says let's bygones. Let bygones be bygones. Let's pat Trump on the head. This will never happen again. Oh, it will happen again. And particularly it will happen again if there's no accountability and consequences to include people like Mark Meadows. Let's go to Ted Cruz. Let's go to Josh Hawley. There has to be accountability. That's what I to, hope. It I, to that point, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Fox News and Tucker Carlson and their promoting Putin's position? Uh, and, and obviously there's a political aspect here that they're trying to gain. But what is being lost uh, and, and what is being misunderstood by, you know, the tens of millions of people that watch him? So I, th this has gone way beyond free speech. I, I took an oath of office when I became an FBI agent to preserve, protect and defend the Constitution. That means I was willing to risk my life for somebody like Tucker Carlson's right to free speech. We are way beyond free speech at this point. We are aiding and abetting an adversary. When we when we see what Tucker Carlson is doing, yeah. wait, wait, time out, time out. You mean legally you're saying that Tucker Carlson is violating the law? So I think I, I've said publicly that I think Vladimir Putin is a war criminal and comma. This comes from my FBI background. I believe he's committing terrorism. I believe what he's doing is the definition on our books in Title 18 of terrorism. Those who aid and abet him are aiding and abetting terrorism. When you turn on the evening news in Moscow every night and you see nothing but clips of Tucker Carlson or, or Tulsi Gabbard or Laura Ingram, you've got to stop and say, wait a minute, this isn't free speech anymore. This is now being our own people deliberately being used by an enemy against us. Wow. Brother Frank, last night we heard that old Alex Jones went over to the Department of Justice and was crying like a baby for a plea deal. What, what, what's your take on that? <laughs> Alex, Alex Jones needs to go away for the remainder of his miserable life. I, I, uh, I grew up in Connecticut, uh, right next to Newtown, Sandy Hook. Uh -huh. we played, they were in our athletic league. We played them in sports. I've been there many times. I know people who lost grandchildren and children in Sandy Hook Elementary School. For him to come out in such a vile way and imply that those were actors, that it didn't happen, is, is a is a offense against morality and, and humanity. And for him to hide behind bankruptcy and delay and obfuscate, it, it, you want to talk about un-American? The, the definition of that is, is Alex it, it Jones. Didn't, it's beyond un-American. It's inhuman. Well, yeah. it, and the bankruptcy, listen, the bankruptcy, I'm a little upset at everybody just focusing on the bankruptcy. That was part of a civil suit. That was the parents finally sticking up for themselves. Right. But they got death threats. 
What what's going on here? It, has the FBI looked into those death threats? Is just like you said, Tucker Carlson aiding and abetting an enemy? Didn't Alex Jones isn't he an accomplice to to some threat? Yeah. I, oh, I, I would take it a step higher than accomplice. I believe he is the cause of those death threats. He, his vile stuff that he spews every day generates the death threats. He calls for it. And so we, this, you know, we talked about rule of law. I am a big fan of using the system against these people. So, for example, um, you know, go way back to the days when it was discovered that tobacco was addictive and that the, the industry knew it and hid that research. Now, fast forward to the parents of Sandy Hook suing firearms makers and winning against that. We are a capitalist society that people listen to monetary fines. That's how you make an impact. Take away Alex Jones's money. Sue Fox News when they when they speak vile untruths deliberately. Right. And pretend that they're not journalists. Oh, we're entertainment. Yeah, they, they gave time to Putin's false flag comment about Ukrainians dead on the side of the road. Fox came out and Tucker came out and said, you know, Putin says how we know they're not fake actors pretending to be dead. I mean, when you get that, I get what you're saying, Frank. I, I don't see that being prosecuted. And I, and I wonder if we go down that road, what happens when the political tables are turned? I, I, I like civil I, I like civil court versus criminal on most of this chip. I I think that's where the truth comes out. But most importantly, you hurt somebody where it counts the most, and that's the, the pocketbook. When you when you when when a voting machine company sues for defamation, for example, um, that that hurts. That changes conduct. You saw Fox News change conduct when they they realized we're getting our ass sued by these voting machine companies, you know, tone it down, folks. It it does seem to get to them when you affect the bottom line. Same for sponsorship. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, Tucker's down to like three three advertisers, you know, and um, he they carry it from, the, the profit comes from subscription services. Well, okay, good. Make it harder. Make it harder. Nobody should be sponsoring untruths and conspiracy theories and lies. Hey, Frank, you, you talked about Carlson is you know, basically an, an agent of Putin. And over the last several years, we've had more there for our listener or for our for our audience, there's there's a piece of legislation, Foreign Agent Registration Act, that anybody who's getting paid or directed uh, to work on behalf of a foreign government has to register and declare uh, and report all their activities. And we've had more prosecutions under FARA and more investigations under FARA in the last, I believe, five years than, than we've ever had. Is this something that's going to pick up steam? And should we even be allowing this? Should we be allowing Americans say, hey, I'm going to get paid by Putin or Erdogan or Azerbaijan, uh, you know, to, to work on, on behalf of, of their interests? So we're, and I think Chip alluded to this earlier about the flip side happening. So there, we've got to proceed with great caution because understand, and I, I tell people this all the time, I know you want people locked up. I know, you know, but understand that the tables could be turned and the people that you don't want coming after you could be empowered by this. So let's be careful. The, the, the Foreign Agents Registration Act, I, I love it, but it requires documented evidence 
that you understand you're working for a foreign power, a foreign entity, or worse, the, the, the heavy hit on, on the FARA-related statutes involves working for the foreign government, not just a, an entity of a foreign uh, country. So I don't know. Here's the rub. If, if we want the FBI investigating Tucker's relationships with Russia, now we get into this weird and, yeah. and, and valid concern about do we want our government investigating media organizations? Is, we don't. We don't. Is, no, no. I, and, I, and I'm looking at something else. I'm saying, should we even allow, should we even have, you can get paid to do Putin's bidding. You can get paid to do Huawei's bidding. Right, right now, we're going abroad asking allies, asking people who can't afford 5G, can't afford top-end 5G, don't buy China's 5G. But then we're letting Americans get paid to lobby for Huawei in Washington. Should, should that just go away and say, nope, nobody can do it, ally or foe, you just can't do it? Yeah, there, there comes a point when a, a foreign nation poses such a threat and, and represents such an adversarial threat that we, we should be shutting down. Um, and, and look, the sanctions, I'll, I'll give you an example of what you just said. The sanctions being levied against Russia right now um, do involve penalties uh, for those who try to do business with Russia. So we're, we're at, almost at that point. And I'll go a step further. If we declared Russia a state sponsor of terrorism, which I advocate for, we would freeze their assets here, but also we would uh, penalize financially other people and nations who continue to do business with Russia. That That is what essentially you're talking about. How is this going to end, Frank? The Russia mess? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I, I, I know people are wrestling with this and have great angst over the loss of life, which is horrific, horrific. And I understand I have good friends who I respect who are saying, Frank, it's time for Ukraine to concede some territory and end the loss of life. This is a moral thing for them. And I totally respect that. But as someone who worked the Russia threat for 25 years in the intelligence community, I'm here to tell you that you can cede all of the provinces you want to, to Putin and he will see it as a victory and keep going. You are, you are applying logic to a Keep going east in, in Ukraine or into Poland and, and Germany. And, and, and look at look at Sweden and Finland for the first time seriously considering NATO membership. They're not kidding. They see the threat for what it is. So here's here's how this ends. It ends with the demise of Putin. Either his own people do him in, which, by the way, it's a pretty viable possibility. But they're not so great of people either, though, right? Uh, his, no, no the could, real problem, Frank, is that it looks like he's getting more popular. Yeah, yeah I well, mean, he controls you, all the information. So exactly, when you control the media, right? When you can throw prison in people for telling the truth, you absolutely can increase your popularity pretty easily. So the world has to come together and actually help Putin go away in many forms, whether that's whatever whatever that takes. But this notion that give him some faith. I keep hearing some off-ramp, some face-saving measure. No, 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 no. The, the off-ramp for him is a is a fatal crash somewhere. So how do you keep somebody from that, uh, from going to the next step? I mean, a tactical nuclear weapon, or, you know, he could even give nuclear material to terrorist groups. Yeah. And, 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 you know, how, yeah. how do we stop that from happening and accomplish what you just said? 
I hope to God that our CIA is and the allied services are um, are taking care of business on the ground um, in in Russia and other places. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I had a I had a podcast guest uh, last week, two weeks ago, General Barry McCaffrey, who you probably see yeah, on, sure. on MSNBC all the time. The guy's working overtime right now. He said some pretty sobering things about tactical nukes, biochemical warfare. And it's this, you know, generally. The Pentagon is ready for that. The Pentagon has plans, if indeed a tactical nuke is used, or serious biochemical weapons are introduced into Ukraine. And I will, I will tell you, um, it is swift and severe, and Putin will regret it. David Sanger told me that we could shut down the internet for Russia indefinitely. We could take Putin's money offshore and make it disappear. I mean, we have. He thinks we're much stronger even though they're probably, they're already here and in our infrastructure, mm -hmm. he thinks our ability to cross havoc and to shut them down entirely is our next step. And would even be the step after, if he did use some kind of bioweapon or tech, uh, tactical nuke in Ukraine, we would just shut them down instead of responding in, in kind. Uh, it's all crazy stuff. Let me ask you another question real quick though. Our good friend, Malcolm Nance, is, is in Ukraine right now. I love Malcolm. He's just, you know, he's had a tough couple of years. He lost his wife. Good people, right? Great writer. He's writing a book about coming out, you know, they, they want to kill us all. And uh, I've read it. It's horrifying. And, and what he says, this white supremacy movement, this homegrown domestic violence, this homegrown terror, um, how do we abate that? Or is that just got to go and burn itself out? Well, it's, there's always going to be an element of racism in our society and hatred of the other. It's taken many forms. We had the KKK for decades that had a large membership at some point. The question is, how, to what degree we allow it to surface and give it license? It's been given license by the former president. It's OK to do this now. And, and we've got to make it not OK. So you mentioned what challenges are, is the FBI up against? This is one of them. The FBI director has said in testimony on the Hill, the greatest threat within uh, domestic terrorism is hate-based, uh, violent, uh, racial, racial uh, threats. So um, it's all hands on deck to bring out, the, bring down those groups, whether wh whatever groups they are. You know, they failed in the militia case in, in Michigan um, that where they wanted, they failed in part uh, on two subjects there, but. They're winning in other places. This is a whole of society solution. It's not just law enforcement. It's education, teachers, clergy, corporations, telling CEOs as leaders, telling their company. Aren't we're they not getting away with it in Michigan? Isn't that the problem? We catch the bad guys, whether it's the guys who wanted to kidnap Governor Whitmer. We caught Michael Flynn red-handed. He literally got off. You know, he had this immunity deal. He gets pardoned. You know, his, I mean, this was a guy who was the national security advisor of the United States. Mm -hmm. And he was going to get paid to kidnap a legal citizen from Pennsylvania. Right. And right. extradite him to Turkey. Turkey. All right. Yeah. And now we have people walking around completely unaccountable. So how do we fix this when you're saying, yeah, we it's a whole of society, but on the law enforcement front, we're letting people walk? Let's not forget, Michael Flynn is was convicted. He he got off because because Trump uh, let him off. 
So, you know, the key the key root cause there is a president who doesn't believe in the rule of law and will abuse the pardon power and the commutation power power. So where we we're coming right back full circle to each of us taking a step to vote. The midterm elections are coming. If you want people who are going to abuse pardons and commutations, thumb their nose at DOJ, not show up for subpoenas. If you want that then all you need to do is vote status quo um, in many of your territories, your your uh, your red states. If you want change, if you're sick and tired of this, it's time to vote in a different direction. That that's the only power we have left here. T Payne, you got a last question here? I just got to say we got to get this guy in front of a crowd <laughs> from Hamilton. Hey, um, last thing, looking at. Um, uh, the next two years and the possibility of, of President Trump having an, uh, both houses of Congress again, that frightens me almost as much as what's happening in, in Russia right now, uh, just because I believe that, as as evidenced by this Pierce Morgan interview, this is a guy that's that's lost it. Brian Karam, who's a friend, said he's seen it up close at these briefings, you know, uh, and the lawn, and his inability to keep a thought. Um, and the people that would take advantage of him. But then you look at, you know, there must be such fear of his base. Um, in this interview, he called McConnell again an idiot. And he called Pence a weak fool. Yet they won't stand up to him. None of them will. Um, what frightens you more, uh, that Trump presidency with both houses of Congress or Russia? Um, we can deal with Russia. We can deal with them. Uh, we we seem unable to view ourselves as a threat domestically, and that worries me more, Chip. I'm going to be be completely honest with you. Um, and what worries me even more than Trump coming back is somebody with more intellect than Trump, but just like him, coming back. That scares me because Trump is seen even by those who follow him as a kind of an idiot who they like. What happens if it's not an idiot? What happens if it's a, if it's a Harvard law degree or a Yale law degree? You know, the guys I'm talking about, that scares me more. Well, brother Frank in, in uh, other countries, they've got a sort of an elegant way of dealing with coups that where the winners execute the losers. Do you, do you think we can do something outside of that, but to show the country, and the world that we are that shining city on a hill. Do you believe if you would, if you were going to take the equity in your home and bet on it, what kind of odds would you give that Trump and his, his minions will actually see some real legal accountability? Wow. Wow. It's a good thing. I'm not a betting man because I have to tell you, I I'm encouraged that there's a grand jury sitting. I'm encouraged by statements from Merrick Garland that he's unafraid of going to the highest levels. But I don't know if the will is there. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I would walk away from that bet, T Pain. I, I couldn't make well, the bet. Rolling Stone said it. Some you don't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. And and it's medicine that will have to take maybe a while to, to fix. There's a huge lesson here to learn. And you know, and and it's great. You know, I, not to blow smoke up your skirt there, Frank, but it's good to have people like you on our side, and others, um, again with Malcolm. You know, 
but just I, I keep my fingers crossed that he's okay over there. I, I, mm -hmm. I you know, there's a lot of great Americans. This is a, still a great country. Due process is what separates us from everybody else. And that pisses us off, right? Due process is hard. Doesn't always work out the way we want. Right. But we have to protect that because we let that go yep. and the whole thing goes. We've right? got nothing. That's right. All right. I just, while we were doing this, I just ordered two copies of the FBI way and I sent them to T-Pain and Andy. So I make sure they read it. Okay. Thank you, sir. Paperback is out now. Yeah, well, it's cheaper. That's why I waited. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> hey, you be well, Frank. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Stay safe, Thank everybody. Frank. Take yeah, care, brother Frank. 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 Former assistant director of the FBI, Frank Figluzzi. Um, great guy. It is a great book. You, you, we really have to get. So let's talk. Let's talk about Tucker Carlson's testicles, if you can handle that for a minute. Um, uh, did you see any of this video? This is freaking insane. How does this guy? How did? How does he? I don't understand the people that watch him. I don't. <laughs> Nothing. Look, I look. I I think we and for for everybody that doesn't know, let me just set up real quick. Yeah. So Tucker Carlson has a special out. He's talking about the end of men. He's saying that men are being this is whole thing too about white men are being disenfranchised just because finally you know we're beginning to see oh you know what there's more people here in this country than there are white men and and things are changing. It doesn't mean it's bad for white men. It's just things are changing and all these these conservative Republicans you know decry this as an act against you know, the people that made this country, which is all bullshit. But I, I look at this and I think to myself, Tucker Carlson is is a doughy-eyed uh, uh, prep boy who is not indicative of any of these people that worship him. Can you explain that? I think people, listen, Chip, people are angry and we, you know, President Clinton, if you remember, President Clinton said this thing, if people are given the, the choice between hope and fear, they're always going to pick hope. No, that's wrong. They're going to pick fear. And unfortunately, well, fear, picks them. They, fear picks them, whatever it is, it's yeah. more it, it, it's more powerful. It's like, you know, like those who who read comics and remember Parallax and Green Lantern, you know, who, who would literally uh, take take your soul with fear. Yeah. And and this is why, by the way, this is why we're going to regret not getting through parts of Build Back Better. The, the fundamental part of our democracy, the reason, since we're talking about Russia, the rest of the world always looked during the Cold War at America, at capitalist democracy as this as the example, because the other side didn't work. Now the other side is paying, pointing to us and saying they're not working either, and we're not trying to fix it. We're not trying to fix it. But you know what? Andy, everything is working. This is still a great country. There's jobs. There, the the economy is growing. We have, you know, yeah. Granted, I, mean, I I I disagree. I don't think everything is working. I think when you go back and you look at you look at staples of life, we have for the first time a generation of parents who think that their kids, the first generation of parents ever, that think their kids are going to be less well off. When we have most well, that's because of the kids. It's no, not <laughs> no, 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 because there are there are verifiable numbers that social mobility is higher. We're creating two Americas and we're blind to it. There was even great articles about how travel soccer or even sports, which used to be a unifying thing, has become a way to create two Americas. Education, there's study after study that kids who go to better universities not only have better jobs, but they marry richer and all the rest. And we're ignoring that. We're ignoring the fact that we have to rebuild a middle class America. 
and we're not doing enough on that front. And people are lashing out against the people in power. T, what do you think? Well, down here, down here in Gizzard Ridge, there's there's all types of folks, and most of them are all good people. But the funny thing that T has noticed over the last five or six, seven years is that those same good people that would give you the shirt off their back, when you talk to them about politics, it's like they put another hat on, and all of a sudden, uh, they become different people. They transform right in front of your eyes. And what this, well, well the Bible says that knowledge putteth away fear. Yeah, yeah. What is knowledge? Well, the knowledge is the, the lack of ignorance. And what they, we have done is we polarized ourselves so much that we've even polarized basic truth. We don't believe anything anymore for, with a certainty, along with it, the law, as, as Frank talked about. And because we don't have this certainty, we're full of doubt. And what does doubt do? It abhors a vacuum, as they say. And we will fill it up with all types of phobias and things like that. Right now, everybody thinks they're a victim. A victim of what? They're not a victim of anything except their own conscience. I agree with that. I agree. You know, it's funny you talk about the Bible. I always, when people start talking about the Bible, I just go to the New Testament. You know, I'm an atheist, but I love the New Testament. Well, a lot of, a lot of these folks down here, they read the Bible just looking for loopholes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Same way, I, with, same way the constitutional conservatives use the Constitution. They're just looking for loopholes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the whole, you know, the idea of a strict constructionist that's pro-life. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, what part? I mean, there was abortion uh, when they were drafting the Constitution. I mean, they could have put something in there. They knew that women were terminating pregnancies. It was not it was not uh, it's not something that's unique to our times now. I mean, I think that, you know, if there's one if there was one thing that that really worries me right now, it's the rabbit hole that abortion rights uh, um, the eradication of abortion rights, because it's easy to go into a Margaret Atwood novel quickly, you know, that you can, that, that, okay, well then, um, we can have periodic checks of women that are leaving the state to make sure they're not pregnant. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put together, uh, with, with, you know, really American, a fund to help women get out of Texas to be able to go get, uh, abortions, right? Right now they can't, if you can hear a heartbeat, boom, that's it. And even even then, you know, you can hear a heartbeat in, in you know in, in like the first two weeks, right? So I mean, th this idea that that these people can go in and in, in a doctor's office and and interfere with that communication between a woman and her, you know, gynecological uh, services, uh, what's next? Why not go one step further? You know, I mean, Georgia wanted to go chase them across state lines. If they well, left this is all the same thing with with Tucker's obsession with manliness. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it's all about. It's not about so much the men as it is the control of the women. Yep. And they've I been totally doing this did. for centuries, but they're re really getting good at it again. And and yep. you thought we were past that point, but we've actually circled right back to 1978 or yep. 68. It's like right. we're waiting to see if Roe v. Wade ever existed. Um, and and you know what? A, a big part of Roe v. Wade, because Roe v. Wade was, and it's not being discussed enough. We're only talking about the right, right to abortion. But Roe v. Wade was based on another decision that ensured a right to privacy. So if you get rid of Roe v. Wade, now you're looking at a right to privacy, and that affects the 21st century society in a way that I don't think people can imagine. A second part, since we're talking about threats faced from abroad is that and strict constructionists by the way let let's be honest chip they're not about out they're not saying outlaw abortion they're saying all the decisions made by the states 
right? Some of them may want to outlaw it. Outlaw well, they're taking the Tenth it. Amendment. But yeah, they're taking yeah. Yet, 50 different legal systems. Are we the United States of America uh, anymore? And it's not only, and this is another thing. I hope one day we can get Kurt Anderson, who wrote a tremendous book called Evil Geniuses, that this, they may be coming with abortion, but really what they want to do is get rid of the regulatory state. They want to go to before the New Deal. They want to just get rid of the whole New Deal and go to Herbert Hoover's. Uh, well, essentially, they want to repeal. That, can we compete with China? They want to repeal everything after the Second Amendment, pretty much. Yeah, uh, you're right. And in fact, you know, essentially everything that we did good in the 20th century, they want to get rid of. And I, and I don't think Madison wrote the the Bill of Rights uh, intending to be vague. I think that they they were intended to be uh, over time to be read and interpreted as times changed. I mean, they uh, everything about it, you know, about the ability to, to to change the Constitution indicates that they knew that this was not a perfect document, you know. And well, Thomas you know, Jefferson said every generation should five redo years. The every five years, he said that we should tear it up and start over, you know. But then again, you know, he also raped a slave and had children with her. So there's that, right? Um, these guys were uh, complex people in, in a very difficult time, not dissimilar in some ways to what maybe we're facing now. And in the, in do the you reckon ahead. any of these founding fathers at any time in their lives tanned their testicles? <laughs> On that note, let's end this, baby. All right. Hey, next week we have Ro Khanna. Congressman Ro Khanna is going to be on with us. And, uh, and he's a great guy and he's very interested and, and January 6th. And well, hopefully we'll get a little bit more from him on that as well. Again, uh, Andy Zemanitas, uh, again, executive director of Hellenic American Leadership Council, our number one influencer and and funny guy and, and well, T-Pain. Thank you so much, T-Pain. I'm looking We're forward to get you red, white, and blue sunglasses for next time. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, hey, well, welcome to our, 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 our full-time team now. Thank you so much. It's been right? a pleasure, brothers. All right, guys, you all be well. Till next time, right. this is Talking Heads.